and welcome to Drunk Parents. I'm Rachel. I'm Steve. And our kids are in bed. So we're drinking. Rachel. Yeah. What are you drinking? I'm on hot toddy number two because you can probably tell from my voice I have a pretty crazy cold right now. And we even said maybe we just don't record tonight, but I was kind of excited to. The show must go on. And then I had the hot toddy and I felt a little better. What exactly is a hot toddy? This is tea, and I put whiskey in it and lemon, and then I, I, I couldn't find the honey. And you said, how about some ginger-infused simple syrup? And that made it amazing. Yeah, because there's a little bit of side-to-side in it that. It is. It's a side-to-side hot toddy. In that toddy. hot toddy. Yeah. What are, you, right. what are you drinking? Uh, just bourbon, drinking some Buffalo Trace. What's that? It's just a bourbon with a buffalo on it. Is that why you bought it? Kind of. I, I feel like I'd heard about it before. I'm not sure if it had positive or negative connotations, but I just like saw the bottle and I'm always kind of looking to try something new. You were swayed by the buffalo. I was swayed by the buffalo. Feels so American. It just feels like what, yeah, like what people on the Oregon it's Trail like, you know, probably what drink. A goddamn Patriot drinks, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so I'm very excited to talk mm-hmm. about something okay. this week. Okay. And you will not be excited at all about this. Oh. I, I don't think there's another thing that there would be a greater difference between our levels of excitement. This is a polarizing topic. Yes. Okay. Oh, I like love that you're gap. excited, but I'm... I'm... So it's going to be a quick one because you're not going to want to talk about it. Okay. They announced mm-hmm. the title of the next installment of Star Wars. Uh- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't give a shit about this. No, at all. Like zero fucks. No, right. Like you're given. already. I'm fresh out of fucks. <laughs> right. Already, you're like, why are we talking all about right, this? Come on, come are on. you ready to hear? Give it, it to me. Yeah. What you got? So it's Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Oh, so is this like the last one? <laughs> no, it is not the last one. Oh man. <laughs> Because I, I mean, I could, I could actually really get behind that. I like how that made you excited. No, but that's what. There's at least. Oh. This is eight. There's at least eight and nine coming out. But then there's going to be God, all it's kinds. It's never going to end. No, it's never it? going to end. They don't know when to just stop a good thing. Walk away. Do the Seinfeld. <laughs> quit. Quit while do you're the, ahead. Do the Seinfeld. You know that's why when Seinfeld back in the '90s when he quit, everyone was like, "Where are you going? This is so uncool." And he's like, "I'm ending on a high note." Yeah, but it's. People, they don't people know want how to it. do that. Jedi. Never going to be any more Jedi. No, the Jedi is such a great it's the concept. The last of the Mohicans, but it's Jedi. Right, except the Mohicans are not a million billion dollar money maker for Disney. So, like, Disney is not no, going to kill but off the real. Disney aren't is... Mohicans real? Isn't yeah, that but based you're not letting me fact? explain my okay, point, anyway, which is that ahead. Disney is not going to kill off a character concept that is making them so much money. I know, I know, but a girl can dream. Yeah. And dreaming is free. So you're excited about The Last Jedi. Just, yeah. The, mm-hmm. the title came out and, and the movie's not coming out till December. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. Do we know who's starring in it? Anything? I mean, yeah. All the same people that were in the first. Let's if not it was even, John Krasinski or Chris Pratt, <laughs> I, maybe I'd get behind it. It's neither. Let's not even pretend and get more into it. You know it, where everyone. I like my Pratt? I, in space. In space. <laughs> get on it, Star Wars people. As you know, and the rest of America knows, it's been a very politically charged week. Yes, it has. Here at Drunk Parents, I feel like we have a responsibility to keep our listeners informed. 
So I there's a <laughs> article on NPR. It has something to do with Sean Spicer, who oh god, who is as you know Trump's press secretary. Don't you feel like this is the first time in America history where people really know who like the press secretary is? Yeah, because he's been in the news a lot lately. But I want to kind of dig down really deep and get to a very important issue right now. Oh, I think I might know where this is going. Did you know he has basically declared a war on Dippin' Dots? Dippin' Dots, yes. <laughs> okay, you knew. I read oh the head. I read the headline. <laughs> I did not read the article. This dude, this was seven years ago on Dippin' Dots. Who? What? How? This is like why? This is amazing. But before, obviously, before he was the press secretary. What was he seven years ago? I don't know. I guess like just a dude. I want to say he was probably involved in PR politics or something. I, I'm not sure. He was a citizen, American he, citizen. What What did this war consist of? Seven years ago, he goes on a Twitter rampage. <laughs> you know, different dot. Their slogan is the ice cream of the future. <laughs> he tweets on April 7th, 2010, Dippin' Dots is not the ice cream of the future. Then on September 22nd, 2011, he tweets, <laughs> I think I have said this before, but Dippin' Dots are not the ice cream of the future. Okay, so really <laughs> so just making sure he drives his point home. <laughs> so then, November 4th, 2011, ice cream of the past, Dippin' Dots files for bankruptcy, and he puts the he puts a link to the Wall Street Journal article. And then on September 7th, 2015, so, you know, not really that long ago. If Dippin' Dots was truly the ice cream of the future, they would not have run out of vanilla. He, they ran out of vanilla at the Nationals game. What is his oh, no. beef with <laughs> the ice cream of the future? I don't know, but I find it very cathartic. So, of course, because of his role now, all these tweets are being dug up and people are bringing him to the forefront. And Dippin' Dots has responded. Oh, ooh, what was their response? Okay, so Dippin' Dots said... Uh, you know, we think we're ice cream for everybody. We don't want to alienate anyone. We we love everybody, and we want everyone to love us. That's what our brand's all about. We love um, Republicans. We love Democrats. We love everyone. So they reached out to him and said, uh, can we um, host a party? We would like to supply Dippin' Dots for a party at the White House for the press room. Did he respond? He did. He seemed into it, but he has not given them, like, a definitive time or date. But they're ready to, to their credit, they're like, we just need enough time to make sure we have enough Dippin' Dots, especially vanilla, <laughs> because we really don't want to disappoint. But I just found that so funny. And at the end of the article, there's another Sean Spicer tweet. <laughs> and this time he's going after Target. And this is from March 16th, 2014. Come on, Target. Just realized the two gallons of milk you sold me expire tomorrow. Dude, so what he's is like with this kind guy? of it's amazing. I think it's awesome. I mean, oh, I'm glad this is, you, you know, this think is it's kind, awesome. Th- well, no, I, I, you have to see the humor in it. Yeah, you have to right. laugh because these aren't career politicians, they're private citizens. This is the first time we've been able to do kind of a social media dig and see what they're really like. Well, right, because a couple of years ago he wasn't thinking about his life in politics, whereas like lifelong politicians are sort of exactly. always watching. Exactly. They're that. always kind of on yeah, they're always kind of watch their back and stuff, but this is the first time we're we're able to look back into Twitter feeds and dig up some pretty interesting stuff. Oh man. Yeah, anyway, I got a good laugh out of that. And you know what? I love Dippin' Dots. 
I mean, everybody should go have some Dippin' Dots. Uh, Dippin' Dots are awesome. And maybe tweet Sean about it. Yeah, let let's it, everybody let him, tell Sean. Let him know how much you're enjoying how much your you experience love Dots. and how much that they are the ice cream of the future. We should we should reach out to them and see if they want to like do an integration on our show. We can just eat Dippin' Dots. Oh man! As we Maybe we can get one of those machines in here. We're gonna have our people reach out to Dippin' Dots. Yes, yes. And, and by people, you mean us? You and I are gonna reach out to Dippin' Dots. Yeah, maybe I'll get Kelly to do it. Yeah, Kelly. <laughs> I mean, she she found out the bread face woman, so get on maybe she can get it. She's our producer. <laughs> As you are aware, mm-hmm. I had an interesting appointment this morning. You did. I want to hear all about it. We've been saving this conversation. <laughs> right. To record. Well, as everyone who's listening probably knows by now, and if you don't, here's a refresher. I had a vasectomy about eight weeks ago. Yes. Or maybe more. Either way. Okay. So this was my follow-up to see if it was effective. Yes. To make sure it worked. So you had to... I had to provide a sample. Did you give yourself a wrist icicle? No. <laughs> no. I know. That would have just been, I think, counterproductive to getting it in Oh, the, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Did you have to go in a little room? Yes. Was you it... go in a room, but it basically is exactly like a regular examination room, except there's like a recliner chair. Oh, how's the lighting? Bright and what? not good. I thought the lighting would be better so i had no idea what to expect so i'd never i've never done this before wow. i've never had to like you know produce do, do it in a cup. anything yeah in a clinical environment so i oh. really had no idea what to expect so i go in this room <laughs> and the woman's like here sign the stuff she checks your id in the room wow like to make sure that you're the person there seemed to be an understanding that i generally knew what was gonna happen like it wasn't like she had to completely well, explain I can everything only imagine as a woman that's so uncomfortable to have to explain to someone so right. I, yeah the so least... i tried to just be super cool about it the fun <laughs> this, is, this is a completely <laughs> offensive thing but i'm gonna let everyone in on oh, okay. how it happened so the nurse who came and got me seemed super friendly she was like a fairly pleasant woman who was like hey like come you know come back with me was she uh, sexy uh she was not unsexy it seems like they I'll might say. put a sexy person in that role just so to get you going it's funny you bring this up so she was like had a nice smile was, yeah. was totally friendly wasn't at all like you know a model or anything it wasn't even it wasn't like westworld like the woman that, and, that welcomes <laughs> you into westworld that's not what this was like but she was like had a nice smile and she's like i'm gonna be your nurse's assistant today oh, okay. or your health assistant and health i was like assistant, assistant Seems like a poor choice of words for this situation. Yeah. So as she's walking me back, we like passed another nurse that was basically like Mrs. Doubtfire. Like if that <laughs> other nurse had been my nurse, it would have just killed it. And then I'm like, okay. like it's not like this nurse helped move things along, but she didn't she like didn't... squash it. it. Okay. So okay. I was like, oh, thank God I didn't get that one. Like that other nurse wow. had a mustache. Like oh, it was full on. Oh my God. So I go into the room. You know, she's like, so here's your cup and you're done. Put it. It had the, like that sliding cylinder. So it was like, you know, you can put it in the cylinder. Um, and then when you're done, you can just walk out. You know, you can just get up and leave, but leave the door open so, so that nice. I know. So you don't have to make eye contact with anyone after you do exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> and she's like, and here are some, you know, magazines. And she sort of smiled and there's like, they were wrapped in like some butcher paper. Like on the side, like I kind of knew what they were. Because you know other guys have been, but yes. other guys have touched those things while they're doing exactly what you're doing. Yes. 
And then that's she, a little. Right. I would just use my my phone. Well, just look up stuff on online. Well, so and then she left, and she's like, "Oh, and locked the door behind me." So I locked the door. Then like the lighting's bright. I'm looking if there's a dimmer switch. There isn't, so it's either pitch black oh, or man. bright. Meanwhile, the whole time I'm in here, I'm hearing nurses walking by talking about doctor stuff. Uh, did you not have headphones with you? No, I didn't bring headphones. Oh, so this is all like hindsight's twenty twenty. Like if you had known what kind of environment you were going to be in. So I figured my phone was always going to be a possibility, but I was like, well, there's magazines right here. I haven't looked at a magazine, it's an adult magazine, yeah. in forever. So I was like, well, let's see what. Let's just see what they have. I'm just curious. So you curious. didn't think about me. Well, the funny <laughs> thing was in the waiting room, you were texting me and we were texting back and forth. And then you were like, are you jerking off while texting this conversation? But and it like, was no. about work. But I almost, when That's, I was in there, I almost the thought point. about being like, Rachel, send me a picture of your boobs. But I didn't. <laughs> but here, <laughs> I took this picture mostly just so that I could show you. So this is going to be oh me God. showing Rachel a picture of the magazine selection. Oh my god! Okay, so oh my, wow! I don't. I've never even. I've never heard of these titles before. Okay, so what are the first two titles? I think those are cherry. Cherry, which I had. I think I had heard of that. And on the first cover, you've got a lady, and then another lady pleasing this lady orally, and then uh. Why don't you just jump to the magazine that's on top? Okay, the magazine on top is called Butt Man. <laughs> And it's a lady just with her butt in the air. Right. But it's called Butt Man. You're right. So that, that I, I, this I, is amazing. I revealed the magazine. So I was like, oh, Butt Man. <laughs> so like, I do, and then I was like, do I look like a butt guy? Like, as I walked in, were they like, oh, he's a butt man? And I'm like, of course not. This is just this the selection. Is just this, yeah. And then I went through my head, who's the person that picks out the magazines? You know, they send like an intern down to the corner store. And then so it just, it cracked me up to think that someone's picking out these magazines thinking what's going to turn guys on the most. And here's two regular ones and one in case he's a butt guy. I mean, I kind of appreciate the selection. It might be what I might pick. Like I, if there's, if I was in charge of that and someone's like, go and get some you know, pornographic materials. I would, and I saw a title called Buttman. I'm buying that. Like, I am buying Buttman. <laughs> Absolutely. So, someone had a sense of humor. Right. So, I gave those a whirl, and then it was just not doing <laughs> anything. And so, I was like, all right, I'll go to my phone. And then ultimately, that, you know, you found what you did, needed. I found what I needed. That is amazing. But here, is a little secret that is a million dollar idea waiting to happen that no one's ever going to do what? because it's way too weird to do. So it had to collect your sample in a cup. That seems that hard to do. That is not easy to do. That is not easy to yeah. do. Yeah. Right. If there was an easier way to collect. Oh my God. Why are you saying this on the podcast? We could be millionaires. I know. Like, cause, and I didn't know what was going to happen. I figured, oh, old school's a cup. Perhaps is this just going to be like, a condom with a really yeah, large reservoir Yeah, that's what I would tip. imagine. And then you just turn over the whole thing. But yeah. it wasn't. That would have it's been way just easier. just a cup? Like, like, a, like, like a the regu- same The cup same cup that they ask for, your, for urine so sample. That's so weird. It was, not, it was actually not easy to that, do it. How long did it take you? Start to finish, maybe 10 minutes. Okay. I was cracking myself up because before you left today, I'm like, you know what would be the weirdest thing ever? And I, who knows? Maybe they get this guy. But I was like, what if you just show up with like a raging boner and you're like, what? ready to go i've been excited for this and this is just like what gets you off is like these really clinical environments just turn you on like Like if i walk in with joggers and i was just like how freaked out would they be 
just a hard three o'clock just like welcoming in ready to go oh my god I, I thought about that all morning I'm like god that would have been awesome and terrifying you would have terrified them they would have been so scared except for the Miss Doubtfire lady she probably would have been like yeah see it all the time right <laughs> tell them large Marge sent you I have a question. Yeah. What What do you got? Um, What's your question? I've had two hot toddies. You should have a third if that's your question. Well, look, I want to dose myself with NyQuil tonight. Okay. Is it bad to have a lot of alcohol and then NyQuil? No. Okay. No, I don't think it is. Really? Yeah. I actually think you're, I mean, you'll have it and then you'll pass out even more. You'll be sound asleep. But not like a forever sleep. No. Okay. You'll be I able to wake don't up. Don't want to die. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> or go into liver failure. No, I think that's like Tylenol and alcohol. But, but is does um NyQuil... Robitussin does not have acetaminophen. Is it Robitussin though, or is it Nyquil? Is the, Robitussin. I think Robitussin and Nyquil are the same thing. Oh, okay, cool. All right. Well, maybe I'll make another hot toddy. And just like you should, <laughs> there was a drink on The Simpsons called a Flaming Mo, where he made a cocktail <laughs> out of cough syrup. Isn't that just a meth? <laughs> I guess so. Uh, all right, what? Uh, so, uh, can I go make that then? I just have to boil the water and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Go make the hot toddy. Okay. While you were making your hot toddy, I of course just went on my phone and started looking around, and I saw this spot. I don't think you've seen it. It aired during the playoffs. So, of course, you probably didn't watch yeah, it this weekend. Yeah, I wouldn't weekend. see that. No. There was, it was nothing particularly extremely creative, but it was mm-hmm. from Barbie. And it just showed all these dads playing Barbie with their daughters. Actually, I think I was in the room when that came on. I okay. saw that. I must have actually missed it when it came on, but mm-hmm. now I saw it. And now it just makes me want to go wake up the girls and play Barbie with them. I know. It and it's so all these good. dads who are like talking about how... Basically, they're super manly. They're not saying it like that, but they're like, yeah, I work in the garage or I'm all mm-hmm. about football, but I do this thing with my daughter and then it like it just shows them and they're like five to 10 year old daughter playing Barbies. I think it's, it's genius. And of course, it just warms the cockles of my cold, dead heart. Of course it does. And I have my reservations about Barbie. And it immediately responds to my reservations about Barbie. I so Bar- Barbie, I think it's genius. Barbie's been really good about realizing what their image problem is. Yes. Is that it just was like too sexist and everything. Mm-hmm. And now their whole tagline is something like you can be anything you want to be yeah. or be anything. Mm-hmm. And so this whole thing was like, no, look, it's these dads playing with Barbies. Yeah. And in each play moment, the Barbie's either a doctor or an astronaut or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing was to even make dads because I don't wants my girls playing with sexist things so even i like i was like i don't know should i give them barbie is that teaching the wrong image well i see this commercial and i'm like you're like let's no, go let's to go, target let's go and get them some barbies the goddamn and barbies play with some barbies not only that so, they have curvy barbie now right barbie right. is every race imaginable you know like you go to target and there's it's like the united colors of benetton ad from the 90s right in the barbie section she's every color shape and size not really i mean there's curvy and there's regular and curvy is really more like a still regular she's fit. probably i would say size like if you were to 
you know, converted yeah. probably the size 14 to a 16. American oh, you think woman. so? I, I thought the curvy Barbie was still like a size eight. No, curvy okay. is, I would say, like a 14. Okay. Yeah. Um, but still, that's, that's you know, for an American woman, like you look at averages, 14 is probably an average size. Oh, sure. So, you know, I, I like what they're doing. And you know what? The thing that got me with Barbie is the episodes that they produce on Netflix. Oh, they're great. Life in the dream house. So they're not, they're not trying to pretend like Barbie's a real person, you know, out there in the world doing real things. What they have done is basically taken the toy story model who Barbie and Ken were on toy story. The movies they're they acknowledge that they're toys. They acknowledge that they live in this dream house and it's, hilarious the first time phoebe wanted to watch it i was like i don't know it's barbie i feel like barbie's a little sexist you know like you know body image issues and all this stuff she started watching it and i stopped what i was doing and i was laughing out loud it was (laughs) really funny and to a credit to barbie they really it's not just like change the perception they really do they really did change what they stand for now they're Dolls still look the same, but let's be honest. Monster High, Equestria Girls, they're all like these skinny, tiny dolls. Well, so you know what it is. They all look yeah. like that. So it's really just about sort of what you stand for. And now Barbie is really pushing the idea that like women can be anything. And that's ultimately what you want to get through. You know, even before the new branding, I feel like they were the lesser of, or she was the lesser of many evils. How so? You know, the um, once the girls started wanting Monster High... I was like, oh, man. I mean, at least those dolls are monsters. They are, (laughs) but they're very sexualized. Super sexualized. Why are all... And I I feel like the adult in me can appreciate it because I... I collect the Funko Pop vinyls. Pop vinyls, which are great. Which are great, and they're not sexual. No, but, not at all. But it kind of goes with that whole, like, kid robot stuff. Yeah, kind of so like it goes artsy. With, like, and... like, it kind of, you, kid robot would produce some dolls that were sexualized, and but artsy. Like, so their vinyls were always a, for adult consumption, and you put them on your shelf, and they were kind of like a piece of affordable art, I guess. So from that perspective, I always looked at the Monster High and thought, that's actually kind of cool. Yeah, but you you're know, right. Like, but for my six-year-old daughter, you know, Barbie I, is actually like so the least sexualized now. Was the least of, sexualized. Yeah. But now that she's kind of um, brought in this sense of appealing to dads and bringing dads and daughters together and saying you can be anything, and then the humor that comes with Barbie and Life at the Dreamhouse on Netflix, I just they're doing such an amazing job at, at kind of uh, taking their brand to a different place. I, I like I, I know. Now. I'm pro Barbie. Like, I'm totally I'm pro, pro Barbie. Barbie. Yeah. yeah. I also learned today that I I actually may be a terrible person. Like not a joke, not in a joking way. Oh, this isn't funny. I mean, it would seem it's funny. It's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> what did you do? Did you kick a homeless person? No, I would never do that. Okay, you're okay, not a terrible that, person. That, that, that's, I'm not so bad, right? So you know, we I, we just got a new car. Right? Did you run over somebody? <laughs> no. See all things that would make you a terrible <laughs> okay. person. Yeah, I'm, you're not going to think I'm a terrible person. Um, so I love my new car. I got the Acura RDX. Right. And it's amazing. Right. And. You know, it's really crappy outside, but I'm still excited about going on errands because I can get in my car. It's like I'm in a cocoon of awesomeness and it still smells new. The seats are leather. So you get that leathery cocoony, like your butt's warm. It's it's playing. You step in, it starts playing your music from your Spotify. Like I've never had a car like this. Anyway, so I love my car. But it made me think today I got home and I was like, you know what? 
when we were shopping for this car, I was so adamantly against the minivan. Right. You are not a minivan fan. I am not. And it's such a natural chain of thought to think, okay, you're 38 in the suburbs, mother of two. Why not consider a minivan? We're minivans target, right? We are. are is, this, is this happening right now? Are you going to share your minivan? I have such an intense... Your feelings? Is this... Is intense. This, a very deep-seated... I don't, I don't know if this is... Fiery passion against <laughs> minivans. I feel like this might... This is going to alienate This is going to alienate more people than saying we hate Trump. Mm-hmm. Hating minivans is more... Polarizing for Anytime, our listeners. This is gonna. This is me admitting something. This is, is it? Uh, but I'm I still going, want to hear what makes you a terrible person. Is it the minivan? Well, I'm going somewhere okay. with this, and this is what's going to save the people who may be offended right now, listening to this. <laughs> right. Who are like, hey, I have a minivan. I'm still cool. This is I, where I'm taking this is going to make you feel better okay. because it's going to make me look like the horrible person uh, oh, that apparently oh, okay. I am. <laughs> I anytime someone gets out of a minivan and I talk to them and I like them, I'm shocked. <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> That's how much I hate. You're so judgy. I not about everything. I usually have a pretty open mind about things. I feel like you can attest to that. No? Yes, oftentimes. When it but comes not, to minivans, always. I feel like okay, you just give up. So you give up. So this is no. who this is who you are now. You give up That's on life. Not... You're giving up on yourself. You're giving up on life. You completely abandon everything that makes you you. That is an unfair assessment of minivan owners. But that's owners. how I feel. Right. I mean, you can't deny your feelings. I, and anyway, so today I was like, why do I feel that way? I've met Good, a little so, self-reflection. I've met so many wonderful people, not only wonderful, but cool. And some are related to us. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Right. On but, both sides of the family. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, well, you know, I'm not just... I'm not just talking shit on strangers. I'm talking shit about my actual family. That's how you know this is real. This right. is a real feeling I'm having. I got to a point of, of self-reflection today, and I started to wonder why I had such deep-seated negative feelings about a minivan. Yes. So I decided to look online oh, oh, and okay. search and see if maybe anyone else feels this way, and maybe if there's a reason. I found an article from the New York Times. New York, okay, the old the old gray it's, lady. It's <laughs> something like that. I have no idea. I've never heard that, Steve, but yes. it sounds appropriate. Yes, it's the gray lady. Okay, um, it's actually from the year two thousand. Oh, <laughs> from the year, year two thousand. And the title is: Was Freud a minivan or an SUV kind of guy? Okay. So this article is all about the psychology of the minivan owner versus the SUV owner. Okay, now we're getting we're getting somewhere. We're getting somewhere. It does not bode well for SUV owners. <laughs> okay, it, so ma- this it is, basically is this... makes the psychology of the minivan owner is you're family focused, you're community focused. There's all these wonderful things that they say about minivan owners, and which is kind of partially the reason I did not want a minivan because my thing is, oh, if I buy a minivan. I'll have enough seats, like if my parents come to visit, or you know, if there's soccer practice, like I can, volunteers for I a can class take, trip. Yeah, I can volunteer right. for a lot of stuff, whatever. Yeah. And my thing is, I don't want that responsibility. So I purposefully do not want the seats because I don't want to be the person that's carrying everyone around town. So there's two different mindsets. There's this very kind of um, horrible person mindset. <laughs> 
where you, <laughs> I don't know any other way to put it, where you basically only care about yourself and your family and you kind of hate being a parent. And then there's this amazing person mindset where you care about everyone. Everyone in the, the neighborhood is your child. Your neighborhood is an extension of your family. And you have this very like peaceful worldview. You were born to be a parent. This is all you ever wanted kind of, kind of deal. If you go for the minivan, okay. It even uh, goes on. I mean, there's so many more things to it. Like, that's a pretty there's a, big one. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I kind of feel like that sums it up. It does sum it up, but there's even more that says that they dive into to these psychologies. Right. So I, of course, I paid more attention to the minivan one because not only do I care more, apparently I don't care about anyone else based on this. uh, Yeah. The fact that you want this. Yes, I get that. It even said like (laughs) there's part of people who own SUVs that are like kind of regret. Like there's like a sense of regret (gasps) of like. But there, there's a part in the article. I was like dying. There's a part in the articles like. You kind of want to feel young and single again. Baby. That's no, but that's why they actually in the article, they say that's, you know, so you benefit from the blacked out rear windows because no one can see your kids and to the passerbys, you can look, you can appear to be young and single. Oh, they actually like they dive so deep into the psychology of this person. And so I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I was hoping to find, like, oh, you have an adventurous spirit. You know, like, <laughs> you're, like, um, you're just who you, you're, you're authentic. I was looking for these, like. Right. It, it, like, you care about your true like, yeah, self. I was, I you're was not looking willing, for, right. like, authenticity. No. And, like, trailblazer. I was looking for all these, Maverick. like. Yeah, all these, like, amazing words. And it was, like, all that's just, like, you're selfish. And you're trying to <laughs> pretend like you're young and single. And minivan people are basically mother Teresa. okay and it made me feel like a horrible person is that right all right well you guys you should look up the article if you're debating between <laughs> no don't don't do that do it is it the title is was freud a minivan or an suv kind of guy and it's in the gray lady was there an time. answer to that uh no it just went into the psychology behind it baby but i found I, it very fascinating it's i mean all of that mm-hmm. doesn't sound it's not flattering uh, no i mean here's the deal Obviously, I do not think you're a horrible person. Thanks, Steve. At all. I think you're a wonderful person. Oh, Steve. But I also (laughs) don't think that article was bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. No, because I don't think that article, I don't interpret the article the same way you did. Mm. I don't interpret that article to say you're a horrible person. I interpret that article to just mean... Yes, you do not want to sacrifice your youth. You want to be young and single. And we've, that has nothing to do. It's not that I want to be single. No, but you want the lifestyle. You really mourn. You're still mourning your pre kid lifestyle. I definitely, it doesn't mean that I don't love my kids. Of course, of course. And you didn't choose all of this. And I, and you're a fantastic mother, but it's, I love it. But there's there's two different lives I've lived. It's the life before kids and the life after kids. So there's a life before you're a mother, and it is the most ignorantly blissful existence you can possibly have to not be constantly worried that the people you love the most, if you're not there for them, will either die or be very emotionally scarred for life. And if you don't have kids, you'll never understand and you don't, it. And you'll never understand that. So there's a very real part of me that mourns. That and blissful, the, the thing is, yes. like, even if we're away from the kids, like say we go on a vacation or you know we're away for a night, I have never been able to experience the same sense of freedom as I had before I had kids. 
because I'm always worried about them. I'm always thinking about them. So I think in that way, I think that's it. But I think they're, according to the psychology that, you know, I kind of interpret behind this article, I think there are people that kind of revel in predisposed to having that level of responsibility. Right. You know what I mean? Like they just, they, they crave that level of responsibility. And that's just a, that's just a chip I'm missing. (laughs) I consider myself a responsible person, but if only for the things you tell me, I have to absolutely be responsible for everything else. I'm like, yeah, it's not, that's not my thing. And the thing I'll always say is just own who you are. So just own that and okay. own that SUV. I and guess just I'm a kind of shitty SUV person. You're not. You <laughs> just, just, it's all good. You're wonderful. Yeah, just yeah. own that you're an SUV kind of person. You know, I saw this meme, and I think this ties in really well, that said, uh, I'd love to be a Pinterest mom, but I'm more of an Amazon.com type of mom. There you go. And I think that just goes with the SUV thing. Right. So it's all, it's, it's good. And, you know... A personal note to everyone I know that owns a minivan. I just want you to know that I think you're cool and you're changing my perception. So don't be mad. And the New York Times just applauds you. Yes. Okay, before we wrap up this episode... Uh, like you said earlier, it's been a sort of stressful week mm-hmm. when it comes to politics. And I saw a sign that says stress exists because you care, which was a oh, pretty insightful nice. thing. Like yeah. you're only stressful if you care. And we care about ourselves, our family, and the country. And that's why this week is stressful. But I'll just shout out to anyone who participated or even supported the Women's March last Saturday. Mm-hmm. I mean, what an amazing thing. It's, I think, considered potentially the largest demonstration ever to be done in this country. So I think, you know, things like that, I think, give you hope that there are an enormous amount of people that care about each other and about the goodwill of mankind. So, And it's just nice to see people come together and be kind and respectful. And, you know, it's not about you know, having any disrespect towards, towards anybody. It's these people are concerned for the rights of themselves and the rights of others. And they just want to try to protect those things. And I feel like that's a very American ideal and is part of our rights. It's part of what women before us fought for. So this we're, we're given these freedoms and these rights. And I just, I think it was really beautiful to watch people exercise those rights this past week. And um, yeah. I think it's great. Right. Use your voice in, so, a, in a respectful way. Exactly. That's if you're stressed, use your voice. Be mm-hmm. respectful, be loving, be supportive, and that will always rise to the top. But don't so, stop pushing kind in a kind way. Don't stop pushing for what you believe in. So that's what we would suggest to all of you out there. So that's that's it. I think we'll we'll wrap up there. If you'd like to catch up with us in between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Drunk Parents or Facebook at Drunk Parents Podcast. You can catch up on past episodes wherever you find your podcasts or on drunkparents.squarespace.com. If you have anything you'd like to talk to us about or a cocktail suggestion or anything you want us to talk about on our podcasts, you can email us at... DrunkParentsSayWhat at gmail.com. Right. And hey, guys, how about a nice rating on iTunes? Oh, iTunes. You know what? I know this, I know some of you people are repeat listeners. I see it. 
How about just while you're there on iTunes, just give it a... Maybe we'll be your first iTunes review. You don't even have to type anything or just be like, hey, you know... (laughs) That would be awesome. These these guys are weird, but give us five stars and that'll be cool. (laughs) Right. We will be back next week, so we hope you join us then. Yeah, have a good week. Hopefully Rachel will be feeling better by then. Oh, God, I hope so. (laughs) All right, try to stay well, people. Wash your hands and take your vitamins. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye.